Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. So how many of you felt like January just flew by? Where did January go? It's so, so fast, you know, the older you get, the quicker uh, months and years seem to go by. And so we want to make sure that we are capitalizing and maximizing every single moment, every single breath that Jesus has breathed into us, that we're breathing it out in worship and giving him all the glory with our surrendered lives. Amen. So let it be a reminder if it seems like, man, that flew by, like where did you capitalize on opportunities to give Jesus your everything? And where maybe did you miss or overlook opportunities to give glory to Jesus through your life? That's really what this entire series has been about here in January. And so I want to continue that today and uh, close that off our first Sunday of February. So our sermon series is World Changers. Everybody say World Changers. Look at the person next to you. Say you are, should be happy you're sitting next to me because I'm a world changer. Switched it up on you guys a little bit there. You thought I was going to say you. No, look at him right now. Say you are world changer. Now ask him, do you believe it? Now tell him, yes. Yes. I believe it. Everybody say I am a world changer. And this year, come on, preach this with me this morning, 930 service. And this year is the year that God says dreams are coming true. Somebody shout amen. Yes, yes, yes. This year is the year that dreams are coming true. Uh, I don't know about you, but I've already witnessed dreams coming true in January. I've had so many testimonies, people DMing, emailing, telling me in person here in the altar space that dreams, literal dreams, like decade old dreams have happened within the last three and four weeks. The goodness of God offends my mind. You know what I mean? Like it's abrasive to your intellect because if you try to understand it with your, with your natural mind, you just cannot comprehend it. It's so much bigger, so much better, so much more awesome than anything the Bible says we could ask, think, or imagine. Amen? So 2020 is the year that dreams come true. We are not just giving our dreams to God. We're not just writing out our goals and saying, here you go, God, get after them, perform them for me because I'm a son. I know you love me, but we are posturing our hearts in this place of prayer, in this place of dependency, in this place of surrender and worship. And we're saying, Jesus, what are your dreams? for my 2020. What do you want to do through my life? What do you want to dream through my life? Uh, Lou Engle said, you don't have a dream, but God had a dream and wrapped your flesh around it. How good is that? How good is it to acknowledge that the greatness and the impact of your, your life 
it is not based upon your own talent, ability, or strength. But it is based upon God's talent, ability, strength, grace, power, Holy Spirit operating in your life. All you have to do is say yes. Amen? Amen. I love to tell mission school students when I go to preach at mission schools. I say, you know, yes, that small three-letter word is a tiny hinge that opens up the big door of yes. writing history. History is supposed to be different because you are alive. Amen? So if we give God our yes, I can promise you this, your life will be very adventurous, to put it nicely. God's dream for your life is that you become a world changer. That is what we have gone after establishing throughout the entire month of January. And I want to proclaim that over your heart this morning. God's dream for your life is that you become a world changer. Not somebody else, not the person sitting up here on the second row, yeah. not somebody whose story you know that looks a little bit prettier than yours, right. you. Come on. Everybody say me. me. So let's declare this together. We're going to hashtag declare this. I am a world changer. My life makes a difference. God has anointed me for impact. History is supposed to be different because I am alive. Should we do a praise break after that? I don't know. Like, so, I just, sometimes I know when I'm going to learn something like that's important in my house. I'm a little embarrassed to admit this, but like if I really want to retain it, I'll I have a standing desk and I'll be like, I'll just like stand there and jump like this. Because it just prepares my state of being, you know, to be like, I'm about to have a powerful moment with God's truth. Am I weird? Is that weird? That's weird. I think it's weird. You guys are being nice to me, but it would be awesome. And I won't even be offended if at some point in time during the sermon today, like you stand up at random and you're like, it's, it's legal. All right. You're fine. Okay. So here's what I believe about the year 2020. I believe that God is inviting you into a greater lifestyle. God is inviting us as a church into a greater lifestyle by inviting us into his dreams. Not just our dreams, but inviting us into his, his dreams. And to live out God's dreams in your life, you have to have a certain spirit about you. You have to have a different spirit about you in order to live out God's dreams for your life. And that spirit is the spirit of a world changer. Now, the spirit of a world changer, I'll summarize it in two words. It is this, all in. The spirit of a world changer is all in. It's just, I'm all in. No opinions. I'm all in, God. I may have some feelings, I'll tell you about those, but I'm all in, God. I may need to repent, I may need to get some inner healing, I may need to forgive a few folks, but I'm all in, God. I may need to do some hard things, some things that are inconvenient, that require risk, but God, I'm all in. When I said yes to you, I meant it. I'm not going to exchange that yes for a no, now five years, six years, 12 years later, I'm all in. That is the spirit of a world changer. That is the posture of a world changer's heart 
who is ready for God to dream through their life and to upgrade their lifestyle in such a way that they truly make an impact, make a difference, and leave the world a better place. It is an all-in spirit. So I want to define, when I say all-in, what am I talking about? All-in, it looks like this. It looks like giving your first. Everybody say your first. first. Your best. Everybody say your best. Your best. And your everything. To Jesus and his dreams for your life. Being all in looks like giving your first, your best, and your everything to Jesus and his dreams for your life. How many of you could agree with me that Jesus never invited anyone halfway into his kingdom? He just, he just never invited anybody halfway in. He was never like, hey, you know, just dip your toe in the pool of salvation and just try it out. He's like, jump in it. Go all in. Like, he went all in on the cross. He invites us all in with our lives. He never invites any of us halfway into his plans for our life. He never invites any of us halfway into his dreams or our purpose. He always invites us completely into our purpose. And can I say this? You cannot live out your full purpose by making a half commitment. Let me say that again. You cannot live out your full purpose by making a half commitment. In order to fulfill your full purpose, you have to go, help me church, all in. in. You got to go all in. And that's my encouragement to you today is I want you, if you have not yet in January, I want you to just settle this in your spirit today. All right. That in 2020, you are going all in on God's dreams for your life. You're not holding anything back. You're not going to get to the year 2021 and think, man, I wish I would have given just a little bit more. Did anybody here grow up uh, playing sports? Six of you guys, awesome. Okay, so I feel lonely. But um, anyways, yeah, the rest of you guys were musicians. Obviously, it's Nashville. But I just remember my coach saying, leave it all on the court. Like, that was the thing. Like, play it like it's your last game. I kind of come to church like that. I'll be honest with you. I think, leave it all on the altar. You know, like, what if this is my last day? I don't want to miss out on this unique and special opportunity to give God a crazy praise regardless of the circumstance that's going down in my life. I'm all in. It's just the spirit of a world changer. I'm all in. Am I more all in than you guys are this morning? Okay. It ain't just the Super Bowl that the reason I'm pumped. I actually don't care who wins because... Still mad the Titans ain't in it, but anyway, I was expecting, amen. So I'm, I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you guys, and I'm, it's about three people. Now, we don't know if these are guys or girls. We don't know. They're just people. So find yourself in the midst of the story. I think that's one of the most powerful ways to read the yes. scripture is just insert yourself into the narrative and, and look through the lens of the person that you might identify with. So we're going to read a story. It's a conversation between three people and Jesus, and each of them are uniquely invited into this all-in opportunity. And so uh, I'm going to read today from Luke chapter 9, verse 57 through verse 62. Are you guys ready? All right, we're going to read it together. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you are. Go. That, that sounds, that's all in, right? right? And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, 
but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So what's Jesus saying? He's saying you're going to have to let go of some things if you're going to go all in. Right? Next person. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. Roasted. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's like, that's hard. That's tough, Lord. Leave the dead to bury their own dead. This is a hard saying of Christ as theologians refer to it. Jesus said, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and preach the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Next slide. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, that last response from Jesus there really summarizes the all-in spirit, doesn't it? No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So the title of this message today is simply this, all in. Everybody say all in. All in. The spirit of a world changer. All in. The spirit of a world changer. So um, how many of you guys have ever gone um, cliff jumping before? I thought about this recently. I, was, I had the opportunity, and Antonio was there uh, at the Revival Coalition. I was telling this story about cliff jumping, and I was like, man, i got to tell that story again. I just love that story so much. And uh, my friends and I, a few guys, actually, we had, a, we had a, like a dad day out at the lake. And so we did what dads should do uh, uh, on lake day. We went and bought a bunch of white bread and bologna and... Um, <laughs> and Pringles, and white chocolate macadamia nut cookies from Subway. Because them, them cookies are fire. I don't know if you've had a white chocolate chip macadamia nut from Subway, but they hit different. Am I preaching or what? It's the truth, man. There's something different, man. Like, whoever makes those, like, go slower than the rest of the cookies. I mean, they're just... There's just something about it. I don't know. Anyways, so um, we we did this. We we got this little 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 boat buffet together, and and we said, you know, we're gonna go out on the boat. There's no wives. There's no women. So bless God, we can eat all the bologna that we want. You know, because our wives wouldn't normally let us eat things like this. So we're out there. You know, we're out on the boat. We're eating our bologna sandwiches, and we are watching these people cliff jump. And, um, you know, it's, it's so much fun, right, when you watch somebody else go all in. Isn't it? Like, you're like, whoa, that looks awesome. I'm inspired. I'm motivated. I'm going to cliff jump. I'm a cliff jumper. As soon as I finish with this cookie, I'm going to climb up there, and I'm going to jump off that cliff. Come on. Right? When you watch somebody else go all in, it's, like, so inspiring, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I want to do that. I want to do that. But then you also see people, like, They're like, I'm all in. Well, maybe not. And you're like, sissy, you're a wimp, loser. Right? If it was me, I would jump. So easy for you to say, right? Down on the boat, like stuffing your face with a bologna sandwich, right? Like, and, and honestly, you can expect that if you choose to go all in. 
Like there are people who are going to refuse to get out of their boat, who are going to criticize you for your fear up on the ledge. And you know, the difference in somebody who's like, oh, and somebody who actually goes all in and jumps is somebody who just stepped over the threshold of their fear and decided to cross the point of no return. That's the only difference, right? So they face the same fear that you're going to face or have faced. They just chose to step over it. So you have to, to go all in. You have to choose to step over it, right? So I'm in the boat and I'm like, look at that guy, you know, poking fun at uh, of him and everything. And then, and so I finally decided I'm going to go all in. I'm, I'm motivated. I'm inspired. I'm excited. We're going to go all in. I jump out, you know, we climb up the thing and then I get up there to the top and then I'm like, whoa, <laughs> it looked way safer in the boat. It, it did not seem to be this high when I was in the boat, right? It's like when, you, when you're challenged on Sunday, like you're in these comfy uh, chairs, like they're quite nice, and you're like, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to dive in. And then you get out there on Tuesday morning, and you're like, I was going to evangelize my coworker. I was going to share the gospel with my Uber driver. I was going to pray for that person at Walmart, but... Man, like, uh, I don't know, man. This is a lot higher and a lot more scary and a lot more risky. Maybe I'll get hurt. Am I preaching to anybody in here yet this morning, right? And so I just remember being up there thinking, I don't know if I can do this or not. Like, I might die. You know, what if I choke on my baloney? Like, it, like but what eventually happens is whether it's the ridicule or, you know, the peer pressure of your friends or whatever it takes. And, you know, honestly, you should keep people That's in your right. circle that peer pressure you to holiness. That's Some peer pressure is good peer pressure. <laughs> That's called community. Covenant community that reminds you you're way too awesome to be acting like this. Jump. Sissy. Right? That's how you know you got a good crew. Right? And so I just remember, like, finally, I was like, all right, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. Let's go. And, and the thing about cliff jumping is once you go all in, there's no coming back. It's not like, uh, oops, rewind. Right? It's like that is the spirit of all in. It is burning the ships. It's blazing a trail in such a way you forget the past. Right? You just jump all the way in. And here's what I've learned about cliff jumping. Cliff jumping actually is no fun until you jump. Like going all in is not really fun until you jump. Until you cross that threshold, until you cross that point of no return, until you say, man, I couldn't get back if I tried. I'm so all in that I don't have anywhere else to go. It's like Jesus, whenever he said, uh, drink my blood, eat my flesh. And all these people turned around and left. Why? Because they were following him for what they could get out of it. Come on. And then he turned to the disciples. He said, are you guys going to leave too? And they said, we're all in. <laughs> we sold everything to follow you. That's we left right. everything to follow you. We don't have anything to go back to. There's nothing hidden away in our closets that we're reserving just in case it doesn't work out to follow you. We're all in. Going all in is actually a, even a protective uh, mechanism for your faith. You put yourself out there. You put yourself out there online. I'm all in with Jesus. Some of us need to make a public statement uh, with where you stand with the Lord. So that people know you are all in. 
But isn't this the way that it typically happens for each of us? We watch other people go all in. And then we live off the inspiration and remain in our boats. We watch other people go all in and we call it entertainment. But really what we're doing beneath the surface is judging ourselves and heaping shame upon ourselves and criticizing ourselves. And we're saying, I better just learn to be content watching other people go all in because my life is never going to be as great as theirs. Does this happen to you guys? You don't have to admit it. It happens to me sometimes. I think, man, I should settle you know, but the more and more you do that, the more and more you drift from your own dreams. And then you start to buy into the lie from the enemy that the dreams that God has put in your heart is actually impossible. You know, because when you look online and stuff, everybody looks like they're having fun according to their highlights. Right. But you don't know what's going through their heart when their head hits the pillow at night. You don't know the fear that they felt before they jumped. Because I can guarantee you the same fear that you're facing right now, they faced and they jumped. So be inspired. Don't compete. Just jump. Go all in. Turn to the person next to you and say, go all in. If we're going to be world changers, we must go all in. You know, there's something about going all in as well. All in is an attractive spirit. It's not just a world-changing spirit. Like, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be a reformer, if you want to transform something, going all in will actually cause other people to follow you. Because our generation, church, is not looking for something to live for. They're looking for something to die for. They're inspired by people go all in. If you want to be a leader, you're not going to lead a, a, a group of people, a, a full group of people uh, with a half commitment. Because that life is not inspiring. The all-in life is attractive. It's inspiring. They, they want to follow you. It's exactly what happened to the crowds as they watched the disciples go all in with Jesus. And as Jesus is teaching, and uh, these three people, the story that we read today, as these three people approach, they were surely aware of the benefits attached to following Jesus, as we all are. We're aware. Salvation, eternal salvation, uh, joy, life, healing. I mean, there's so many benefits that are attached to knowing Jesus. Amen? Amen. But what he reminded these three people of was not only the benefits of following Jesus, but the cost of following Jesus. Because Jesus understood if you are going to go all in, you're going to have to let go of some things. And that's just the way that it goes with the Lord. The further you go with Jesus, the more you have to let go. The more all in you go with Jesus, the more you have to let go of anything that would slow you down, impede your progress to following him as closely as you possibly can, regardless of the season, the situation, or the circumstance. Because I can tell you right now, the older that you get, the more roadblocks will jump into your way to try to impede your progress to following Jesus as closely as your spirit wants to. Don't believe me? Have a kid. Don't believe me? Get married. Don't believe me? Start a business. Plant a church. Do something that takes up 50 hours of your week, right? And then you remember back when you were single and thought, man, I didn't have enough time to pray. Man, you had all day. You had all night. Right? Is that true? Right? So single folk, let me tell you, take advantage of the opportunity to be hidden in Christ like no other season in your life. 
Go all in. Don't wait. Go all in now. And so Jesus spoke to these three people, three different types of people. I want you to identify with one of them if you do. You don't have to force anything. But Luke 9, 57 through 58 says, as they were going along the road, first person, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no, nowhere to lay his head. Now, now, we know that Jesus lived in a different way. And at this point in his ministry, he has a traveling ministry. And it's not this like glamorous, uh, infamous social media uh, itinerant ministry that we see preachers have today on the ground. Right. This guy may have been approaching Jesus thinking, man, Jesus is very well known. He's very popular. I bet he stays in four and a half to five star hotels and he has decadent room service and he has a car that takes him to the event. And he's very well protected by three or four security guards. So once he gets tired, he doesn't have to pray for people anymore. But Jesus doesn't just remind him of the benefits of following him. He informs him. He gives him a reality check. And he says, I have no consistent home and I have no basic comforts. So what does Jesus say? He says, you have to let go of your luxuries to follow me. If you're going to follow me, you need to check in with what is with what you require to go in your suitcase before you leave home. You know, some people don't travel light, right? Like they have so much stuff. It's like suitcase on suit. What if I forget this? What if I need that? I feel like it's the same way in following Jesus. He's like, check your luggage, bro. Check your luggage, ma'am. You may not get to use the flat iron where I take you to in Africa. Right? You may not smell too pretty. You know what I mean? It happens. Anything you have to check with before you say yes to God is an idol. Right? I know we're saying, I want to go all in. I want to go all in. But so oftentimes, our stuff just gets in the way, doesn't it? Our stuff gets in the way. And uh, I've said this before, but I'd like to say it again if you haven't heard it. Anytime we enlarge our preferences, we shrink our promises. Think about it. How How many of your preferences does God have to meet before you step into your calling? You enlarge your preferences, you shrink your promises. So here's point one if you're taking notes. Go all in by letting go of any luxuries that are holding you back. Go all in by letting go of any luxuries. I don't know what that means for you. It could be your Netflix account. You may require four hours of TV at the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where you're at currently. It it could be, uh, you know, your your clothing budget every month. So you could give instead of that. You see what I'm saying? Everybody's scared to say amen right now. (laughs) Your preferences, your luxuries, what do you have to have in order to, to, you know, just go about your day? Do you really have to have all that? Is that stuff getting in the way of you saying yes to your purpose? This is not going over well. But um, let go of your luxuries. You know why? Because luxuries are not the goal of a world changer. Glorifying Jesus is the goal of an all-in world changer. Jesus reminds this person that going all-in with God is at some point going to cost you some luxuries, conveniences, and comforts, but you say yes to it anyway because you bring glory to Jesus and you reach the people that Jesus loves. Somebody say amen. In verse 59 and 60, he said to another, follow me. 
But then he said, Lord, first go and let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said, leave the dead to bury their own dead. How offensive of the Lord. But as for you, go and preach the kingdom of God. Now, guys, listen, we do not know the exact and most precise context of this person's situation, but I did a little research for you. And there is really no scholar that I could find that truly believed that the guy's dad was currently dead. Because in this culture, in this time, just the way in which they prepared bodies and how quickly they had to bury people and just the process that they would go through after someone had died would not normally give space for this guy to be following Jesus around. He would have been more likely heavily involved in burying his father. Likely what was happening here was that his dad was perceived to be knocking at death's door, that he was going to die at some point in the future, very possibly the near future. Could have been a week, could have been a month, could have been two years. No one knows, right? Only God knows when it is appointed for us to die, right? And so this guy's thinking, I may only have one more year with my dad. I may only have uh, two more years with my dad. Uh, so he, he's like, I want to go all in, Jesus, but I, I don't really feel a sense of urgency about it because I have other priorities. Let me tell you this as a sub point. The all in spirit has an urgency about it. It is not. I'm going to go all in with Jesus in 2021. If fill in the blank. I'm going to go all in with Jesus when my kids get out of my house. I'm going to go all in with Jesus when I graduate college. I'm going to go all in with Jesus when this season finally lets up. I'm going to go all in with Jesus once I get out of this, whatever, whatever it is that you're in. I'm going to go all in with Jesus as soon as you know, I break up with my boyfriend. Whatever it is. A world changer that has an all in spirit must be possessed by a sense of urgency. And I, I know that Jesus' command here seems quite uh, insensitive. But once more, we don't really know the entire context. But what we do know is that Jesus considered the proclamation of the gospel uh, of Jesus to be more important than waiting on a dead relationship to officially expire. Relationships, if we're honest about the ones that are dead in our lives, often hold us back from going all in with Jesus and proclaiming the gospel. When we go all in, we have to reprioritize our relationships. And any relationship that disrupts us from living our God dream needs to be reprioritized and perhaps completely let go of. I know know that's not a popular thing to say. I understand. I get it. But neither was Jesus standing here in front of this guy whose dad was likely to die in the coming months or years and saying, Let the dead bury their own dead. For you, it's more important to go and proclaim the gospel of the kingdom than it is for you to wait around for this relationship to expire. If we're honest, oftentimes relationships can hold us back from going all in. So here's point two. Go all in by letting go of any dead relationships that are holding you back. I know these are, these are, this is not easy to admit. Like sometimes people don't want to acknowledge that there are relationships. But deep in your heart, you know. Am I telling the truth, church? Yes. Deep in your heart, you know. Stop trying to resuscitate a dead relationship that is holding you back from fulfilling your God purpose. Right. Yes. Don't try to resurrect it. Just let it go. 
All right. Verse 61 through 62. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me say, where, say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said, no, anybody who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is it, it, who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the is not fit. Am I reading this right? It's not fit. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. It worked. Guys, English is my second language, okay? So give me a break. Tongues is my first. Hallelujah. I, that was the first time I ever told that preacher joke. That actually worked out pretty well. Let me, use that again. Let me say this, all right? It's impossible to go all in on your God dream for your future if you're constantly staring at your past. Hey, you ever been in traffic and you're like trying to go straight, but you're looking over your shoulder? Uh, okay, so none of y'all. Okay, that's cool. I appreciate it. So normally what would happen when I do that is I'm trying to go straight, but when I start looking over my shirt, I start swerving just. And y'all don't, but this is what I do. I start swerving just a little bit out of my lane. Not, focus, not as focused on my destination. Not as focused on my intent on where it is that I'm going or trying to get to, but I'm leaving the lane. I'm leaving the priority just a little bit, and I tend to move away because I'm moving in the direction that I focus. You guys getting the analogy right now, right? You drive in the direction of your focus, and there is no way that you can go all in on the God dreams for your future while you are focusing even halfway with, with one eye, even sometimes, even on the weekends, even when you drink too much. There's no way you can go all in. Right? By focusing at all on your past. Hey, remember what happened to Lot's wife whenever she turned around? and looked at the past, she, lady turned into a pillar of salt, right? And so I'm like, man, that's a very interesting punishment, Lord. You know, I don't even know what all that means. I'm not going to try to preach it, but here's what I at least know that it means. When you get caught up focusing on the old things that God wants to burn up in your life, because he was sending fire down on Sodom and Gomorrah. You guys get what I'm saying? You romanticize. You fantasize about the past. Maybe you look back to review it again. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you're offended. Maybe you're resentful. Maybe you're replaying. Man, I used to live there. This used to happen. I just need a glance. I just want to review it one more time. God, I know you're taking me into my future, but let me look back. What happens? Uh, yeah, I'm going to dig in and I'm going to stay in this. I'm going to dig. I, 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 here's what I believe. Ne just don't dig, don't dig in. You know why? Because when you dig in, you can't advance. Come on. I'm going I'm to be here until somebody apologizes to me. Right. I hope that happens for you. But God has you advancing into the future and you don't need to review your past. You don't need to consult your past. You don't need to fantasize about your past 
in order to step into your God dream field purpose into the future. You keep looking straight. You keep moving forward. You say, man, I bless those people. I let go of those things. I've repented of those sins. God has scattered them as far as the east is from the west. I am focused forward because I'm moving in the God lane that he has designed for me to drive in. I am moving toward my destined outcome, toward my hope-filled future. Point three, go all in by letting go of looking back at your past and moving forward into your hope-filled future. Nobody who puts their hand to the plow. I got to read that again. I done forgot how it goes. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Has anybody ever plowed ground before? Okay, that's awesome. We got a few farmers here. Amazing. Great. I grew up around farmers, but I don't know a whole lot about plows, so I used Google. And here's what I learned. Right? You can only plow moving forward. When you, when you try to plow going backwards, you know what you do? You till up all the seed that you've already sown. Some of us are expecting a harvest in the future while constantly going backwards. And so it's like, oh, and then what happens? You dig up all the seed that you have just sown by walking forward with the Lord and you're confused, scratching your head, trying to figure out why you never have a harvest. It's because you keep letting go. And digging up the seed that you just sown by reviewing the past rather than continuing to move forward. Come on. I wish I had like a Hammond organ, like a B3. Like I'm trying to have like real church right now. And I know like we're vibing together right now. But listen, the worship team is coming. And I'm believing that right now somebody in here this morning is going to let go. They're going to let go uh, of, of a luxury that they know is an idol in their heart. They're gonna let go of a dead relationship that they know are holding them back from their purposes in God. And they are gonna let go of their past and stop focusing on what was behind and begin focusing on the hope-filled future that God has for them. Will you guys just join me in that, believing for that right now? Because someone is gonna get free today. Come on, let's stand up, church. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna believe for a wholehearted, uh, a complete, whole harvest. Amen? Amen. In 2020, we're believing for a whole harvest. If you believe for a whole harvest in 2020, say amen. Amen. Hey, a whole harvest doesn't come from a half-hearted effort. It's not going to come. You're not going to get a whole reward from a half-hearted effort. That's That's called entitlement. I'm going to try when I feel like it, but I expect God to be consistent with giving me everything that I ask for. You know, I put one quote by George Bernard Shaw that I thought could be good. Can we show that real quick? I mean, maybe this is not a good thing to end on because it's a little intense, but this is the true joy of life. The being used up for a purpose, recognized by yourself as a mighty one. Being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clot of ailments and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. That... That is the spirit of a world changer. That is the all-in spirit of a world changer. It's saying this, I refuse to be a victim. Hey, some of us, some of us believe we've been victimized by God. We're all about like, man, I'm not a victim. Nobody can put me in that state. But when you think about your relationship with God, you're, you've been victimized by the Lord. You've been scandalized by heaven. God, you gave it to them. You didn't give it to me. You did it for them. You won't do it for me. I'm a victim. 
We got to let that go today as we go all in. We got to let that go. We got to let that go. We got to move forward together into our future, church. Amen. It's time for us this year to go all in with Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. It's time to go all in with this church. Everybody say the church. And it's time to go all in with his dreams. Everybody say dreams for your life, for your life. Thanks for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.